This is BookCareers.com Live, the podcast about careers in book publishing for people who are looking for a job, building a career, or who want to do their current job better. I'm your host, Suzanne Collier, the founder of BookCareers.com, and it's my job to solve career problems relating to the book world. If you're looking for a job in book publishing, do check out the bookcareers.com website for all our services. There is bound to be something to help you through your current situation. We have a newcomers job club, a professionals coaching group, offer help with CVs covering letters, applications and interviews, run a one day how to job search in book publishing course, as well as support people through redundancy or even wanting to career change out of book publishing. Visit bookcareers.com or book into our careers clinic via the website or my email as always is Suzanne at bookcareers.com. Hello and welcome to episode 234 of bookcareers.com live. We're getting ready for a very exciting time at Book Careers and in next week's episode you'll be able to hear about what we're doing, how we plan to change the face of publishing careers and how you and your employer can get involved. Parts of this week's episode are copyright material extracted from How to Job Search in Book Publishing, which, yes, I am still writing. It will be published in the new year and I will let you know when it's available to pre-order. I know I said I wouldn't let it drag on to 2024, or was it dragging on to 2019, 2020, 2021 or 2022? But I want it to be the best book it can be, like having me in your pocket. And that takes a little bit longer to put together. You'll see some requests coming out shortly for real life examples. So if you want me to speed up, keep an eye on my Twitter and LinkedIn feed. And if we're not connected on LinkedIn, why not? Connecting, not just following, will help your algorithm. So don't hesitate to send me a connection request and then also follow the Book Careers page on LinkedIn. I've had a few conversations recently about why someone didn't get the job, particularly why they didn't get the job that they thought they would walk into or they were perfect for. As much as I have lots of successes for those who I work with, particularly in mid-career transition, Sometimes it can take a little bit longer to be offered a role. Often this is because the role hasn't right role for you hasn't yet been advertised. Now there are many reasons why you might not get the job that you think is perfect for you. It's easy and understandable for you to feel downhearted, particularly if your present employment situation is rather precarious. But you shouldn't be. Most clients I've worked with who didn't get their perfect job have ended up with a far better role suited to them somewhere down the line. And here are a few of the many, many reasons why you might not have got the job. And some of these reasons are not down to you. Number one is the publisher restructured the department and the job vacancy disappeared. It takes a lot of cash to employ someone. Many employment decisions are not based on your salary alone, but on a number of other factors. 
one might be headcount, that they have only allowed a certain number of people in the office to please the bank or shareholders. Another one might be profitability. In the old days of publishing, we used to gauge a publisher's profitability by how many books they published per how many employees they had. For example, a publisher with 40 employees and a turnover of £2 million publishing 120 books a year meant that the average turnover per each employee was £50,000 or three books. The bookseller magazine used to occasionally publish this table, but since the 1990s, when so many publishers merged, it has become difficult to calculate due to the way that data is recorded at Companies House. It could also be that they advertise the vacancy automatically on an employee's departure, but realise that they were functioning perfectly adequately without them. I know of one company which regularly restructures. Every time it does, a job vacancy appears and they advertise. Within six weeks, it feels like they've restructured again and the job disappears. Another publisher always makes a raft of redundancies just before year end, even when they've had a good year. And from time to time now, they issue annual contracts for a number of new staff rather than recruit permanent employees to save face in the number of redundancies. When you get rejected from this situation, always take this as a good sign that you had a lucky escape. A publisher who's usually quite fluid with job roles like this might also be fluid with job redundancies too. Number two, there was an internal applicant. When you apply, particularly for mid-level and senior roles, you might find yourself up against internal applicants. Now, I know it's highly frustrating when a publisher advertises a role when there is always someone, already someone in-house, but and I know this could be hard to believe, not all internal candidates get the promotion they want, whether they deserve it or not. And that's probably a podcast episode in itself. It can be really annoying, especially if the interview process was extensive, first and second interviews, tests or presentations. But be thankful that if you got an interview, you got your face in front of the people recruiting. You never know if something else comes up or the internal candidate doesn't work out. That's happened quite a few times. They could be knocking on your door. I've regularly seen candidates who didn't get the job be offered consultancy or some contract work instead. Number three, you've been told you've too much or too little experience. Sometimes this is an excuse or a way of letting you down gently. If you've been told you have too much experience, it could be a mismatch on salary expectations, or as one client told me recently, they applied for a job below their level, thinking they'd be certain to get it, and they didn't even get called back for an interview. 
too little experience is the situation in reverse. You could be pitching for roles above your level. Not all job titles are equal. For example, a marketing manager in a publisher with a marketing budget of around £100,000 a year does not necessarily equate to a marketing manager in a publisher with a million pound marketing spend where you'll be working with third party agencies. In some cases, it might be best to take what some could call a step back in job title terms, but it's actually a step up in real terms and apply for marketing executive roles in a publisher with huge marketing budgets. If you do this and are successful, you could be fast-tracked for promotion if you prove that you're more than competent at marketing executive level. As a side conversation on this, I had a discussion recently with a career changer. In most other industries, an executive role is higher than a manager, someone quite senior, director level. In book publishing, it's usually used to label the position between assistant and manager. So the levels up go as assistant, executive, manager. Number four, we loved you, but we've gone with someone else. Now, this one hurts a lot. But when you get told this, please understand that there is probably something about the role that they are not telling you. You might not be a good cultural fit and cultural fit isn't an excuse to raise prejudices, but cultural fit could be you coming from a company where everything is well supported and going into a publisher where everything is run on a shoestring. And sometimes the thing they haven't disclosed could be a nightmare situation and they don't want to be responsible for you handing in your notice of what they think is a nice comfortable publisher and putting you in a combat zone. Certain signposts for this would be at interview stage when they ask that worrying question. Have you ever had a conflict with people you work with? If so, how did you deal with it? Or how do you deal with a demanding colleague? Yes, these questions can be asked commonly of first or second jobbers to see how they cope with difficult situations. But as you go up the food chain, if you get asked these questions, be wary and be thankful. You've had a very lucky escape. And the amount of times I've told clients that they've had a lucky escape and they really didn't want to work at a particular publisher. Some people might thrive in a combative environment, but when you're leaving one difficult situation, the last thing you want to do is head into another. Yes, you want a demanding busy job, but without the anxiety. Other times when you might get told we love you but we've gone with someone else is if they know the job might be short term, the company might be up for sale. Again, they don't want the responsibility of shifting you from a permanent situation into something unstable. 
Another reason for this could be because they advertised the role and someone who had come in had a completely different set of experiences and they modified the role to fit this person. Like, for instance, a publisher who advertises, and I'm going to use marketing as an example again, for a marketing administration role. And you match all the skills and competencies perfectly. You've even worked with the sister company and know everyone there. Then someone who applies who has lots of TikTok experience. The publisher hadn't really thought of doing TikTok properly. It was in their mind, but it wasn't a priority. Then they interview the TikTok candidate and whoosh, they suddenly see a whole new world and they build what was a marketing administration role around the TikTok person and make it a marketing executive role. This happens more often than you think. So if you almost match a job or if it's similar but not quite the role that you really want, don't be afraid to put in some sort of application. But whatever the reason you didn't get the role, there's nothing much you can do here. Move on. If the publisher didn't see you were the right candidate, then clearly it wasn't the perfect job after all. Although it's not unusual for a publisher to make a mistake in an appointment. It even happened to me once, a job I was certain to get. I knew all the people, I knew the list, had huge connections with the company and the experience, would, I had just what they were looking for. And I got rejected because they employed someone with less experience who was a friend's relative. This is a quite some time ago. I don't think people would, I hope people wouldn't necessarily do that now. Prioritise friends over people with experience. But six weeks later, the managing director wrote me the most apologetic letter and said he'd made a similar error of judgment once before when recruiting one of our mutual friends. He'd rejected them, then gone back a few weeks later and they turned out to be the best employee they'd ever employed. Anyway, I started work there and stayed for four years before moving onwards and upwards. Now today I've used lots of ifs, probabilities and coulds. Just remember that somewhere out there, there is a job with your name on it. You just have to find it. If you're looking for a job and not getting where you want to be and wish a new job was a certainty for you, then please book into the Careers Clinic at bookcareers.com or my email, as always, is suzanne at bookcareers.com. Now it is your opportunity to join in the live discussion. You can find us across social media using the hashtag bookcareers or on Twitter at bookcareers or me personally, Suzanne Collier. Or visit our own platform at bookcareers.com slash live. Thank you for listening. May you all be doing a job you love and being paid the salary that you so richly deserve.